welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. All right, now, we're busy with a series on prayer, and uh, I'm looking forward to what I want to share to you this evening I think you are really going to be blessed, and so buckle in, uh, because God is going to speak to you through me. God uses people, but I really sense God is going to speak to you tonight. And I also know, I know this, that your prayer life is going to go to another level. And I don't just say this casually. Get ready for this. Your prayer life is going to go to another level. All right. Now, I think you'll agree with me that our level of faith, now we use faith to pray, our level of faith determines what kind of life we're going to live as a Christian. Amen? But also, the types of prayers we pray, as I said, and that's connected to our faith, the types of prayers you and I pray determine what kind of answer we're going to have. So, for instance, if we pray small little prayers, we're going to have small answers. But when we start praying bigger Bolder prayers, we're going to see bigger things happen in our lives. And all through the Bible, you can see this principle. It's, it's true. And so you see Elisha, he prays that it doesn't rain. For three and a half years, it doesn't rain until he prays again. And then Joshua play, prays that the sun stands still. And, and it does. And then Jesus comes along and takes a little boy's uh, lunch, takes the lunch and prays over it and feeds thousands of people. 5,000 men, you could comfortably double that, feeds thousands from from one meal. What's the common denominator? Prayer. They prayed, but they didn't just pray ordinary prayers. They prayed a bold prayer, an extraordinary prayer. And so my question to you this evening is, when last did you pray an extraordinary prayer. A kind of prayer where when, you, when you're about to pray it, you think, this is crazy. If God doesn't do this, it's not going to... This is like, this is extraordinary. But I remind you, what's extraordinary for us is ordinary for God. Because He's an extraordinary God. He simply flung the stars into space, put them exactly where he wanted them, spoke the earth into existence. He's an extraordinary God, and so we've got to just remind ourselves of that. I think one of the reasons we don't see extraordinary things happen in our lives is because we don't pray extraordinary prayers. And so we come before God, and let's Let's use an example, the, the whole COVID situation and our finances and everything. And so we come before God and we say, God, I just, I, I pray that, that, that you help me, that, that I'll be able to meet my budget. There's nothing wrong with that. And maybe many of you have prayed that kind of prayer. And there's nothing wrong with that. But let me say to you, there's nothing out of the ordinary about that prayer. You see, an extraordinary prayer is where we come, where we say, God, I don't just pray that I'll meet my budget. I pray that you'll bless me in a way that I can help other people who are not meeting their budget. Or let's say, for instance, you're battling to pay rent. You don't just come and ask God to provide your rent. 
You say, God, I'm praying that you bless me in a way that I don't have to rent, but that I can own a home and we can get our own place. Or let's say your child is off course. You don't come and pray, God, I just pray that you'll just turn them around. No, you come and pray, God, I pray that you turn them around and turn them in such a way that they become a blessing to other people and they become influential in other people's lives. Why, why is it that we pray small prayers when we serve a big God? Why is it? I think it's because our faith is small. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 9, He says, according to your faith, it'll be done to you. And so what God is saying to us, He says, I'm going to meet you at your level of faith. And so if you have little faith, which means you pray little prayers, you're going to have little results. But he says, man, if you'll just dare to stretch your faith a little bit, start praying bigger prayers and bolder prayers, he says, you're going to start seeing some bigger things happen in your life. God meets us at our level of faith. And so all I want to do this evening, I'm telling you up front, all I want to do, Stretch your faith. Stretch my faith. That when we walk out of here, we realize, man, we serve a bigger God than what we realized. God is more able than what I realized. I'm not going to pray like before. I'm going to start praying on a whole different level. You see, I'm talking about the kind of faith that when you start praying bold prayers, you can't tell your friends about it because they think you're nuts. You, you tell them what you're praying, and they think, who do you think you are? You know, they, they're a bit strange. You, you can't tell them because they don't understand that. You know, you, you know when you start praying, God, I, I'm praying that we don't pay off our house over the next 20 years. I'm praying that we're going to do it in no time and that we're going to be able to help somebody else pay off their house. That's a big prayer. When somebody hears that, they're like, what are you on about? But it's possible. It's possible. I've seen people do that. You know, when you face an unfair situation at work or wherever it is, you don't come and say, God, I pray that you just help me through this. No. You pray, God, I pray that you give me beauty for ashes. Because what I have now is ashes. This sucks. But I want beauty, Lord, and that's what your word says. God, I'm praying that you'll, you'll pay me back double for what the enemy has taken. Those are big, bold prayers. And so I wonder how much we're missing out on simply because we're not doing that. And we're not praying big, bold prayers. And maybe, maybe you're thinking, but, but Leonard, God already knows what I want. And God already knows what I need. The Bible also says that you've got to ask for it. You have not because you ask not. And so there's a responsibility on you and me to come and ask. And when, and when we don't ask, and when we don't pray big prayers, I think we're robbing ourselves of what God has for us. You see, the way I see it, there's certain things that you and I can accomplish on our own, in our own strength, in our own ability and capability and, and gifting and all of that, we can do some stuff. But there's certain stuff that you and I will never be able to do 
without the power and the anointing and, and God coming through and doing it in our lives. And so if we're happy to just accomplish what we can in our own strength, that's all we're going to see. But when we start drawing on Almighty God, I'm telling you, that's when we start seeing bigger things happen. Now, how do you handle it when, when things go wrong in your life and you're praying for something, you're trusting God, and it doesn't happen? Or the opposite happens. I, I've heard people say, well, it probably wasn't meant to be. Well, maybe you were meant to pray more. Remember Daniel? Now, Scripture tells us that he had to pray 21 days before that breakthrough came. Now, imagine if after day six, he quit. Oh, it wasn't meant to be. After day 12, after day 16, after day 19, after day 20. But he kept on praying and kept on trusting God. And so I think, what, how do we handle it when things go wrong, when we don't have a breakthrough? We look at the situation and we say to God, God, if this is you, if you're closing this door, it's cool. That's fine by me, really. God, if, if, if you're preventing me to do this, to go through here, God, if, if, if you're going to turn the situation around down the line and you're going to cause good, that's fine, that's cool, it's good by me. But if this is the enemy, I'm going to do what Scripture tells us to do and to resist him firm in our faith. And how do we do that? We keep on praying. We keep on trusting God, and we trust God to do what we can't do. So we're trusting God for, for the impossible. I, I really believe God gives us some dreams and, and desires on the inside. Some of those dreams and desires are not going to materialize on your own, in your own strength, your own ability. You're going to have to pray those things through. And see God work in your life. But now let me say to you. You and I have dreams and desires. Do you know that God has some dreams and desires for you as well? Some of them are called the promises of God. Those are the things that God has for you. God wants for you. It's His desire for you. And so let me just uh, refresh your memory uh, on some of these promises, the Bible says you will lend and not borrow. So in other words, you will lend to and not borrow from. That means that you'll have excess, all right? You'll have more than enough that you will not have debt, that you, you'll actually be in the position to help other people. That's what the Bible says. Do you think that's just going to happen just by itself? You've got to start praying these things into being. The Bible says, with long life, He will satisfy you. That means health. Claim that. Pray that. We did that for, for Pastor Andre just now. The Bible says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. So in other words, you go through some difficult times. You go through some unfair things. The Bible is, you know what the Bible's saying here? Stay out of the ring. Don't fight. I'll fight for you. When you and I stay out of the ring, God gets in the ring. 
What's our responsibility? We better pray. All right? And so the Bible says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Doesn't say it won't be formed, but it says it will not prosper. And so again, when these things come against us and, and, and there's attacks and there are weapons formed against us, we just come and claim it. God, your word says these things are not going to prosper. We've got to pray it into being. And so all I'm, all I'm wanting to point out to you this evening is that there are thousands of promises in God's word that you and I have every right to claim as a child of God, but our responsibility is to pray that into being. How do we, how do we claim that? Through prayer. We say, God, your word says. And so I take that, I believe that, and I stand on that. Let me give you an example of that in Scripture. In 1 Chronicles chapter 17, King David speaks to the prophet Nathan. And he says to Nathan, he says, you know what? I just have this desire to build a temple for the Lord. I'm, I'm going to build a house for the Lord. And so Nathan listens to this and he says, that's good. I think that's good. He says, you know, David, we've seen God's hand is upon you. There's no doubt about this. He says, whatever you touch, he's basically saying to him, whatever you touch turns to gold. And if it's, if it's the enemy army, well, they turn to dead. All right. But he says, you know, God's hand is upon you. Go ahead. And that evening, God meets with Nathan. God basically says to him, you gave him the wrong advice. He's not going to build a house for me. But the reason isn't, doesn't say it in that chapter. The reason is there's blood on his hands. He's killed too many people. He's gone through too many wars. And so he, God is saying he's not going to build a house. I see his heart. I see what he wants to do. But his son will build a house. And then God says, he says, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll build him a house. I'll build him, verse 10 says, a dynasty of kings. So in other words, there'll be somebody from his house, from his bloodline on the throne for the rest of days. God says, that's what I'm going to do. So Nathan comes and shares it with the king. And he's blown away. He cannot believe it. He's so humbled. Listen to his prayer. He says this in verse 23. He says, O Lord, do as you've promised concerning me and my family. May it be a promise that will last. Remember, we're talking about promises and claiming the promises of God. So he's saying, he's acknowledging it. This is a promise from God. And he's saying, may it be a promise that will last. And verse 24, may the dynasty of your servant David be established in your presence. Now, imagine if somebody overheard him pray that prayer. Pray the prayer that there'll be someone of my family on the throne for the rest of days. <laughs> they probably think, who do you think you are? Because you see, when we pray big, bold prayers, people around about us, it's not going to make sense to them. And they're not going to understand it. And they may even discourage you. Now, in verse 25, he's still busy praying to God. And listen to this. He says, oh, my God, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer because you've revealed that you will build a house for me, an eternal dynasty. You have promised 
these good things to me, your servant. So you know what he's saying? I've been bold enough to pray this prayer because you've promised it. He says, I'm not just sucking it out my thumb. He says, you're a big God, and I'm praying big prayers. Why is it that we pray small prayers when we serve a big God? Come on. Why is it that, that we do that? And so I think it's the promises of God. When you and I start getting into the promises, I wish I just had time to, to just unpack that again. But we've done a series on promises in the past. But I think it's the promises of God that give you and me the boldness and the confidence to come before God and say, say God, I've been bold enough to pray this because you promised it. So in other words, you said it, I believed it, and that settles it. It's the promises of God that give us that boldness and, and, and that confidence. Now, here's a warning, here's a warning. When you start praying bold prayers, don't be surprised when you have voices on the inside saying to you, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know, what have you done to deserve this? Besides, you know, you've, you've prayed bigger prayers in the past and nothing has happened. Who's that speaking to you? It's the enemy. It's the enemy. Because you see, he's not bothered. He's not concerned when you and I come and pray small little prayers, shame. Because <laughs> we're going to have small little results. He says, ah, shame, carry on. Knock yourself out. But when you and I come and we start praying bigger, bolder prayers, it freaks him out. Because he knows that we're going to have bigger things happen in our lives. And he knows God responds to that. And that's why the enemy is going to come and discourage you. And so I'm just, I'm warning you. I'm just telling you up front. When you start praying with boldness and with confidence, you start claiming the promises of God. You're going to have those voices on the inside trying to discourage you. Don't listen to that stuff. A friend of mine, just some time ago, he trusted God. Listen to this to give a million rand away. He said, God, you're blessing me. I can see your hand upon my life, apart from his tithe. He just said, I'm trusting you to bless me in such a way that I'll be able to give a million rand, and not just randomly away, into the kingdom. Into the kingdom. And so what happens? I found when, when, when radical faith gets radical results. And so he trusted God for that. And before the end of the year, God had provided for him in a way that he was able to do that. It was just amazing. You see, friends, when, when we start praying God-sized prayers, we start seeing some God-sized results. God comes through for us. I'd hate to get to heaven one day. And God said to me, Leonard, what, 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 what is wrong with you? I wanted to do big things in your life. I had so much more for you. And you were just aiming low and praying low. And, and you stayed in the safe zone instead of the faith zone. You prayed small little prayers down here when I had much bigger things for you up there. You know, I've, I've shared with you before, maybe for some of you, you haven't heard this, but I remember there was a time where I really felt, years ago, where I felt we would never build 
a bigger, bigger auditorium, bigger buildings. You know, our, our campus, our buildings, everything is paid off. And, and back then, this place wasn't full on a Sunday. And so there was still plenty space and, and the balcony was open. And, and so the last thing I could even think of is to, is to start a whole building campaign and a building project because we're talking millions. To replace what we have here, just to give you an idea, will be between 100 and 120 million rand. Just to replace, we need way bigger. You know what I'm saying? And so, can you see why I wasn't keen to even think about building and, and stuff like that? And so, I, you know, that was kind of where I settled. I, I thought, you know, the church still has to grow, and we still have to fill this place. And then once it's filled, then we can go to a second service and a third service. <laughs> and one day... I clearly remember I got out of my car and I was walking toward the building and it was almost as if God spoke to me. And again, I want to say, God doesn't speak to me out loud. I just sense in here. God was just saying to me, Leonard, you can stay here if you want. <laughs> but I've got so much more for you. And Right there, right there, something clicked on the inside. And I started realizing God has more. And God, if you have more, I'm going to get out of my safe zone. And I'm going to get into the faith zone. And I'm going to trust you. And I started sharing that with the rest of the staff. And we started praying. And within the next couple of months and year or two, we started seeing this place fill out and balconies fill. And we went to another service and another service. And you've been here. You've experienced that. And we trust God we're going to get back to that. Amen? Amen? Amen. But you see what God does when we allow Him? I'd hate to think where we would be as a church if I aimed too low. My prayers were too small. And I stayed in, in, in the safe zone. And so you may be thinking of stuff that, you know, you want to trust God for. And you're thinking, but Leonard, what if it doesn't happen? But what if it does? What if it does? Oh, but doesn't God have more important things to do? And more important people? You want to tell me you're not important? When God has already given heaven's best to die for you, and the Bible calls you the, you're the apple of His eye, and the Bible also says that if He gave Jesus for you, won't He freely with Him give you all things? Never look down upon yourself. That's the enemy again wanting to discourage you and say, you're not that special. You're not Leonard. No, you're not Leonard. you John. you Joel. you whoever you are. And you're special to God. And so I want to encourage you. Trust God to do in and through your life what He wants to do in your life. All right? And so I think God is saying to us today, God's saying, don't, don't come and pray little prayers. Don't come and ask me just for the rent. Don't come and ask me for just a hundred rand or just to turn my child around. I think God is saying to us, get out of the safe zone and get into the faith zone. Start trusting me for bigger things. Start praying bigger, bolder prayers. Listen, friends, maybe you have a dream on the inside and there's, there's something been burning in your heart and, and you haven't been praying for it radically. It's, it's there. I want to encourage you. 
Start trusting God for that. And maybe that thing looks impossible and just looks too big. Stretch your faith. You see, bold faith doesn't consider how possible it is. Bold faith considers how powerful he is. With me? Bold faith doesn't consider how possible it is, humanly speaking. Bold faith considers how powerful our God is. You start looking at that. You start looking at your dream. You say, God, I have no idea. And I don't know why you put that inside of me, but I'm trusting you for that. I heard of a lady who lost her husband during COVID. And he didn't have life insurance. Fortunately, their house was paid. Uh, they were really good at, at, at doing that and getting that paid off. But the car wasn't paid. And they just bought a new car within probably about a year. Very similar car to what they had before. Bought a newer model. And so the car wasn't paid. She owed quite a bit of money on the car. And so what she did is she... she looked at the situation, tried to get rid of the car. It was the only car. So tried to get rid of the car and try and settle that. But she owed more on it than what she could get for it. You know that kind of situation? And so it was really just, just a bad thing. And, and so she didn't know what to do. And she didn't have money really to pay it. And, and so she was really in, 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 a, in a bit of trouble. And so she just came before the Lord and she said, God, I need a miracle. And so she wasn't prescribing to God what he needed to do because sometimes, you know, we want to do that. We want to come and say, God, you know, if you'll just let me, I can help you out. I'll give you some ideas, you know. But she didn't do that. She just came and said, God, I need a miracle. And so the next day she would pray that. And the next day she would pray it. And heaven was quiet. Haven't we experienced that before? Heaven was just quiet. Nothing was happening. And so the end of the month was, was approaching and she had to pay for this thing. And so she contacted the bank and she wanted to try and arrange just an extension. Just, just somehow just try and, you know, buy a little bit of time, you know, just almost like give God a bit of time, you know. And uh, then God can hopefully work and do something. And God, I need a miracle. So she contacts the bank and she tells them what had happened and everything. And, and so, you know, she asked for the extension. And so the person on the other side is checking the computer quickly and says to her, but ma'am, this car has settled. And she says, can't be. That's the previous one. We've replaced it with a similar one. Just check the registration again. She said, ma'am, car was settled yesterday. Somebody settled it for you. That's the God whom we serve. We serve a big God, an awesome God, a powerful God who's not limited in the way we are limited, nor in the way we even think, because even our thinking is limited. God's not limited the way we are. And we've got to realize that. Let me share one last story quickly with you. In Matthew chapter 20, we read about these two blind beggars. And so they hear that Jesus is in town. 
And so they excited, and Jesus touching people, and Jesus healing people. It's like, wow. <laughs> and so the one day they're sitting out, and they're begging again, and, and they hear in the distance, it's not close by, in the distance, they hear a crowd moving. And the ears are, are finely tuned. They, 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 they hear this crowd, and they start asking around, what's happening, what's happening? And so they're told that it, it's Jesus. Jesus is here. And so they realize it's their moment, and, and Jesus is far, and, and they, they just start calling out. They just call to Jesus, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. And so, of course, there's a noise and everything, and they're not sure if Jesus heard. And they call out again, and, and they just call out again. Eventually, they're calling out so much that the people around about them are saying, like, shut up, you guys are making a noise. And the Bible says, that's so funny. The Bible says they call out even louder. They just, Jesus. And listen to what happens when Jesus heard them. He stopped and called. So he's calling back at them because he's at a distance. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus knew what they wanted because he's omniscient. Come on. But he asks them the question, why? Because he wanted them to articulate it. He wanted them to speak it out. You have not because you ask not. And so they respond. They say, Lord, we want to see. And Jesus felt sorry for them, verse 34, and touched their eyes and instantly they could see. Now, imagine with me just for a moment if they had asked not for their sight, because they beggars, they ask for money. Jesus, we need some money. We're just desperate. We sit here all day long. Can't you just give us money that'll last us for a month? If you and I were there, we would say to them, are you crazy? Are you nuts? Do you know who he is? Do you know who you're asking? And I think sometimes... God must probably think a similar thought when you and I come and we ask our little, our little request, our little prayer. He's probably thinking, are you sure? Is that all you want? Are you sure about that? You realize who you're asking? Because I've got so much more. As a matter of fact, I want to give you so much more. And I've proven that on the cross. Let alone all these other things, Matthew 6 says. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. I love those three words. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. My God can do exceedingly abundantly above you know if you remember three words and only three words of this, this entire message remember those three words exceedingly abundantly above the nlt new living translation says to accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or think infinitely more listen it's good to ask for your needs nothing wrong with that but our God can do infinitely more, exceedingly, abundantly, 
above all that we may even ask or think of. I want to encourage you this evening. Start trusting God. Start praying bold prayers. That, that desire that you have on the inside. That dream that God has put there. Th those promises that He... I, I don't know what it is that's, that's laying on your heart at the moment. Start coming before God and start praying those prayers. You know, some time ago, Liesl and I wanted to bless two couples. There were two couples who had a need. And, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't like extremely important stuff. The, the one couple, I'll tell you, they were going on holiday. They didn't have much. Somebody sponsored the accommodation, said, we've got this timeshare, just, just go. And, and they could barely afford the fuel to get there. And so, you know, Liesl and I just felt we just wanted to bless them with, with a couple of grand and just say, just, just go and enjoy it, you know, just, just go. And then there was another couple who had a similar, similar kind of need. And, you know, I don't often long to go back to business. I really don't. God knows what I'm telling you now is, is true. But there are moments like that where I wish I was in business because we were making quite a bit of money. And where I wish, and I, and I actually said to Liesl, I said, you know what, I, I wish I was a millionaire. I wish I just had so much money that when these things come up and I send to my heart that I can, I can help people, I can, I can bless people. And right there, <laughs> it was as if God just whispered in my ear, but I've got it. I, I have it. And I just said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if you give me the money, I'll bless them. I'll split it between them. Whatever you give me, I'll know it's for them. I won't keep a cent to myself. I'll bless them. Later that evening, we had the money. Our God is a big God. Nothing is too small for Him. Nothing is too big for Him. And so let's come with a different level of faith. You see, you need to realize who He is, who you are. You're a child of Almighty God, the apple of His eye. When you realize that, you don't come with a beggar mentality. Oh, Jesus, just a couple of rand, I'm just a blind beggar. You come say, hey, Jesus, hey, I hear you in town, man. I need sight. Amen. Come on, let's stand. I want to pray for us. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God and you're a powerful God. You're a loving Jesus. Somehow we don't understand why you've chosen to love us, to put your love upon us. But we receive it, Lord. We thank you that you're a prayer-answering God. And Lord, I pray that as we go out here, we'll go out with big faith. That's our prayer. With big faith. Because you somehow respond to our faith. According to your faith, it'll be unto you. Thank you, Jesus. We commit this week to you now, Lord. We pray, Father, that you make us a blessing wherever we go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. We trust that you found this message valuable. 
For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.